Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Let's pray together. Father, we welcome you into this place today. As we have stood before you and offered up our songs, our hallelujahs, our hosannas to you, the one who is worthy of our praise. God, we pray that these, these words of worship, these meditations of our heart, these songs from our lips, that they would have been a pleasing sound to your ear. And God, now as we move to a time where we look at Scripture, we read these familiar words from the, the narrative of the birth of Jesus, we ask that you would speak to us, that we would hear you fresh today. We would hear these familiar stories, and they would mean something new to us, that you would reveal yourself in a brand new way to us, and that you would move in us, move in our hearts, move on our heads, move all the way into our hands and feet as we carry the good news of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to the community around us. Teach us, God, teach us how to love better. We pray this today in the name of the Prince of Peace. Amen. You can be seated. Well, great to see you this morning. Glad we can spend uh, this Sunday morning together, both here in the room and online. Thanks for tuning in, making this a part of your weekend. want to mention just a couple things quickly to you. Uh, we are in the process as we are kind of wrapping up this calendar year and getting ready to uh, begin make our preparations for 2023. We are uh, signing, currently signing up people to help uh, communion prep uh, for the new year. And if you're interested in that, please uh, see the sign-up list in the kitchen this morning. Before you go, be sure you get your name on that list. Pick the month that works best for you. And help us by doing our communion and coffee prep those things on Sunday mornings. Also want to make sure you know as we are in the middle of our Christmas season, a couple of uh, changes to the schedule, things you want to know about. Uh, first is that at 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve, we will be worshiping together here in the room and online. Uh, our Christmas Eve candlelight service will happen at 6 p.m. this year. Hope that you're making plans, uh, if you're in town, making plans to make that a part of your, your, uh, your celebrations of Christmas this year. Again, Christmas Eve, uh, that evening, 6 p.m here in the room that will be live streamed as well and then the next day on christmas day which is a sunday this year so that's two weeks from today <clears throat> got your shopping done right two weeks from today is christmas day um, our service that day will be online only this year so uh, be sure to tune in we got a lot of fun things planned uh, for that service and we're already working on those on that uh, that video service that we will have out that online service so be sure you tune in make that a part of your day at some point on christmas day we'd love for you to share that with us uh, wherever you are uh, we are in a christmas sermon series right now that we're calling wrapping christmas and just real quick show of hands how many of you have already finished, completely finished your Christmas shopping? Two of you. That's what I thought. How many of you are leaving after, as soon as we say amen today, you are on your way to do some more shopping? We'll pray for you. Okay. Um, thank God for Amazon. That's all I got to say. Uh, I know that this, during this time of year, life can just be crazy. Crazy with schedules, you, you gotta get everything done, you gotta get all the places, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta get all the presents, you gotta get all the presents wrapped, you gotta get all the presents under the tree, you gotta get the house cleaned up, you gotta get the decorations up, you gotta get the meals made, everybody gotta get, gotta get everybody to grandma's house, and it can just be chaotic. And instead of this being a peaceful time for so many people, Christmas is a time of anxiety. I know financially, a lot of people are just stressed out. And you're spending, and you're spending, and you're spending, and January is coming, and so are the credit card bills. And you feel it. 
and the kids are going to be unwrapping those presents on Christmas morning. We're like, yeah! And you're going to be like, oh, we got to pay for this stuff. Oh, tension and anxiety. Some of you, 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 you got family issues. And here in a couple weeks, you're going to have to go see your family. <laughs> and it's supposed to be a Merry Christmas, and it's going to be a Jerry Springer Christmas, right? Where is the peace in Christmas? Well, that's what I want to talk about today. We're in this series, Wrapping Christmas, and the idea behind this series is that you can tell a lot about the giver of a gift by the way the gift is wrapped. And last week, we said that Christmas is wrapped in hope. This week, I want you to know that Christmas is wrapped in peace, even when sometimes our chaotic lives don't leave room for that peace. Let's talk about it. If you want to join me this morning, I'm in Luke chapter 2. If you've got your Bible with you, you can turn there. It'll be on the screen behind me. We're going to read. This is a classic classic christmas story this is part of the christmas story that you have heard your whole life even if you you're not a churchgoer you're you got drug in here this morning or you accidentally tuned in on facebook this morning you know this part of the story this is a classic this this is the the part of the story that every christmas eve when i was growing up all of my the sam's family would gather in, the, in my grandmother and granddad's basement which is like the size of like this platform i mean there wasn't much, and there's like 45 of us in there crammed in sitting on top of each other but we would all pause the chaos when grandma grandmother took her bible out and began reading this, the christmas story from luke chapter 2 and we sat and we listened to this very familiar story this is the part of the story that uh, if you haven't watched it yet this year you will sometime charlie brown christmas special well, the classic, classic TV Christmas special. This is the part of the story that Linus reads. Right in the middle of all the chaos, all the craziness of the, uh, of, of the moment in the episode, he stops and he recites this, even drops his blanket, his security blanket, when he says, fear not. That's this part of the story. Let me read it for you today as we talk about Christmas being wrapped in peace. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. You would be too. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven, an army of heaven shows up. No wonder these shepherds were so afraid. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, will you read this last verse with me? Read it out loud with me. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When Jesus shows up, the angel says, peace on earth. But yet when I think about the birth of Jesus, I'm not envisioning a very peaceful thing. Let your mind journey with me back to this story. This young teenage girl named Mary finds out she's pregnant. And she's pregnant by God. That's a tough one to explain at the country club. You travel with her through her journey, and at some point, she's nine months pregnant, and they decide they've got to travel some 60 miles on a donkey 
nine months pregnant on a donkey. There's nothing peaceful about that, okay? I took my wife, Megan, to the hospital to have babies twice, both times in a Nissan Maxima. That wasn't pleasant either. What was it like on a donkey? They pull into town. You know she's freaking out. Get me a place to stay. I'm about to have this baby. The contractions have started. So Joseph goes and he pulls into every hotel, every inn, and everything's booked up. No Motel 6, no flea bag place, nothing. She's, find me a place to stay. And so finally Joseph negotiates a deal with some guy and says, man, there's not a room in town, but you can stay out in the barn. Oh, okay, good, good, okay. She, she can have the baby in a barn, you know, with animals and stuff that comes out of animals and, and barn stuff, perfect. And so there you've got this young girl, nine months pregnant, traveled all this time on a donkey, in a barn, and she gives birth. There's no epidural. Can you say no epidural, no peace? And Jesus is born. The Prince of Peace enters the planet. Fast forward to today. I see people who just don't have peace. Even at church. Christ followers, people who love God and follow God and do their get it right, this thing of following Jesus, who are just stressed out all the time. No peace, just anxiety, tension, stress, work tension, financial tension, marriage tension, relational tension. Where's the peace in that? I look at the relational tension. People just can't get along. I mean, you can't even pull into the Walmart parking lot this afternoon without somebody flipping you off. Where's the peace? Turn on the news. What do you see? War. Mass shootings, political fights, celebrity fights, Twitter and TikTok wars. I started to ask myself, where's the peace? Where is the Prince of Peace? Where is the peace this Christmas? Let me show you a couple things I think you need to know. And don't miss this. This, is, this is, seems insignificant, but this is so important. It's important that we understand that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the announcement, the first announcement that Jesus, that the Messiah, the Lord, had been born, that God had put on skin, that peace on earth was possible. The first time this was announced, this announcement did not come to kings. It did not go to the high priests. It was not to the teachers or the leaders or the CEOs or the media personalities or the pastors or the Pharisees or the influencers. The first message went to shepherds on a hill watching their flocks at night. We, we, we've sanitized this. We, we sang about it just a minute ago. We put them in our nativity scenes, on our, on our end tables, in our living rooms. We, we know shepherds. Their job was to watch the sheep. But in the first century, if you were a Jewish shepherd, according to the Old Testament law, you were considered to be unclean. Unclean by God's standards. Unclean by religious standards. Unclean, untouchable by society's standards. So you've got this group of people, the, 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 these shepherds, the low of the low, constantly in this state of unclean, so they're pushed away. They're pushed out of town. They're pushed away from their communities. You all just stay out there with your stinky old sheep. We don't want you here. And so an angel, a messenger of God himself, to appear to shepherds, the lowest of the low, and to be the first group of people to hear the good news of Jesus, you know what that tells me and why this matters to you and me today? It reminds me that Jesus is for everyone. He's for everyone. 
There is no one who is too far from the good news of Jesus Christ. There is no one who is too far from a second chance. Clean or unclean, low or high, rich or poor, black or white, pretty or ugly, Democrat or Republican, no one is too far from Jesus. And when the gospel first shows up, the first announcement is to shepherds. God breaks 400 years of silence to shepherds. The Jewish community, they were expecting a Savior. that They had been for centuries. Expecting, waiting for the Messiah to come. And that Savior that they were expecting, they assumed would be a political Savior or a military Savior someone to free them from Roman rule because they were being oppressed by the Romans. Some desired a Savior that would free them from their physical circumstances, to take them out of and away from the physical issues and struggles that they were having. And while Jesus did bring and establish a new kingdom, and while Jesus did bring and establish physical healing, he did not come for those two things. Jesus came to free us from sin. His desire for you and for me as a Savior was to reconcile us back to God, to bring us back to our Creator because we have been at war with God. We have been divided from God. That's what sin does. Sin means that we have missed the mark that God has set for you and for me. It puts us at war. It puts us in conflict with God. And since we are in conflict with God, we need someone to bring peace. We need someone to bridge that distance between us and God. We need peace to bridge that gap, and that peace is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And that's the prophecy, pro prophecy the angels gave that night, peace on earth. Do you feel like there's peace on earth? Would you define our world right now as peaceful? Would you define our country right now as peaceful? Peace on earth seems so far away. The, the angels sang about it, but where is it? So, so was God lying? Was he lying when he sent the angels to announce peace on earth? Did Jesus miss the mark? We can all agree that Jesus came to bring peace on earth, but did he accomplish it? I gotta be honest with you. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Did Jesus really give us the gift of peace? Well, here's the second thing I think you need to know today. And that is Jesus brings us the peace of God. He brings us peace. Of Listen to Jesus' words in John chapter 14. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Notice it's not your peace, is it? It's not your peace, it's his peace that Jesus gives to you. The peace of the one who was called the Prince of Peace. He gives you his peace. Paul writes in Philippians, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus Paul is telling us that when we can't find that peace, instead of choosing stress and anxiety and freaking out, Paul says, choose to pray, go to God, take your request, present them to him, and you will experience not your peace, God's peace. 
He is the peace that guards you and comforts you. Let, let me share with you, this is, I think, my favorite Christmas time sermon illustration I, I've ever come across. I know I've shared this with you a couple of times before. It's just too good not to share again this year. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, some of you know that name. He lived in the 1800s, and he became one of the most famous American poets. In 1861, uh, Longfellow's wife was working with some hot wax when suddenly her flame or her, her dress caught on fire, she was immediately engulfed in flames. Henry was asleep in the next room. He was awakened by her screams. He ran over desperately trying to put out the fire to save his wife's life. In the process, Longfellow suffered severe burns to his hands and face. His wife was so severely burned that when she went into a coma, she passed away the very next day. Uh, Longfellow's burns were so severe that he could not even funeral later that week that white beard i've got a picture of him here that white beard that's so identifiable with henry wadsworth longfellow that is a result of the accident the burn scars on his face were so severe that it made shaving impossible for him so he wore that big white beard for the rest of his life and as you can imagine this this horrible tragedy just slammed this boy, this husband this father and it led in his life to a season of his life that he described as anguish of the soul. Some of you have been there. He had a hard time breaking out of that anguish of the soul, that season of his life. And so, but even during that, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow continued to write poetry. That's what he did. And his family, his children, they could see the intensity of his grief. They could see it in his eyes. They could see it by the, the long periods of silence. He would just shut down. Well, Longfellow was a follower of Jesus, a literary legend, but what he needed after that tragedy was the peace of God. He needed a peace that passes all understanding to, to just kind of envelop him like a blanket as he grieved the loss of his wife. And so on Christmas Day, three years after the accident, Longfellow was now 57 years old, and he sat down to write a poem. And he write a, a poem about the joy of the Christmas season. But he found it to be a pretty grueling work for him. But it was worth it. He disciplined himself. He sat down. He pressed through that project. And as he did so, he began to process a little bit about what was happening in his own heart, what had happened in his own life. And eventually he wrote what became a pretty famous Christmas carol. It starts like this. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth goodwill to men have you ever heard that christmas carol the poem was later set to music by a guy named jean baptiste calkin and people sing that carol even today but when longfellow wrote that line peace on earth goodwill to men the, the line from luke 2 that we read just a minute ago the line that the angels first announced to the shepherds when longfellow wrote that it checked him a little bit he was conflicted there was an apparent inconsistency of that line, peace on earth, goodwill to men, that comes right out of the Christmas story, right out of Luke 2, and his own experience. 
and his own life and his own circumstances and the peace that was missing in his life. His family was missing their mother. He was missing his wife. He is still reeling from the loss. He's still, even three years later, still trying to recover physically from the, those burns. On a bigger, broader scale in our country, the Civil War was raging. The Battle of Gettysburg had just been fought. The days were dark. And Longfellow asked himself, how can I write about peace on earth when my own heart is breaking, when my own country is divided by war? where brothers are fighting against brothers and fathers are fighting against son. And as he tried to write about that conflict in his own heart, here's what he wrote. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. But you have to admit, it sounds a whole like whole lot like it could have been written yesterday doesn't it but apparently as longfellow processed all of this he he began to encourage himself and he turned his focus from what was wrong in his life to the one person in the world who had the power to set things right the one person who can help us work through the problems of life walk through walk with us in the problems of life, help us solve them, who can give us the peace that settles us in the midst of our lives. And the last verse of that poem goes like this. Then peal the, the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevail with peace on earth. Goodwill to me. Because when he had lost his peace, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow turned to the Prince of Peace. And he found a perspective and a power that made a difference in his life and in his work. Here's the third thing I want you to know today. The Jesus with God. Notice the change in words here. We've been talking about the peace of God. Now we're talking about peace with God. And those are two different things. Peace with God is a gift that you receive from God when you give your life to Jesus. That's the position that you have to be in to receive the peace of God. You can't really expect the peace of God unless you are at peace with God. You cannot be at peace with God until you become a follower of Jesus. And some of you have been beating your head against the wall for a long, long time trying to find another way but it's not there. You cannot experience the peace of God until you choose to make peace with God. Paul five. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. It does not say that you were made right in God's sight by your good works, by your religious efforts, by you finally getting it all together. No, 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 no. We are made right in God's sight by faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we can have peace with God. Peace is a position we have in Jesus Christ. Peace is not a possession. It's a position you find yourself in when you have peace with God. 
you find yourself in the relationship with God that makes all kinds of difference in your life. Seek peace with God. If you don't have peace with God, if you've not yet made peace with God, I would encourage you to take steps in that direction because you can never enjoy the peace of God until you have peace with God. And that's why Christmas is so important. That's why Christmas is wrapped up in peace. Jesus made possible peace with God for you. He is the source of peace. He gives us the gift of peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. Again, the words of Paul this time in Ephesians 2, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now, now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. Now, as I talk, you may be thinking, all right, Larry, that's, that's all very nice. That's, that's all very poetic. It sounds good uh, at a Christmas sermon at church, but I'm still not saying peace. You may say that peace is a concept that I can grasp onto and peace is something that God wants to offer me through Jesus, but I'm not seeing it. My life is a mess. My home is a mess. I feel like my community, my state, my nation is a mess. How in the world is there peace and how will peace be brought? Let me give you one more real quick. Here's the bottom line. Peace on earth starts with peace in me. Peace on earth starts with peace in me. Until you have said yes to Jesus, and allow the peace that comes from God and accepted the gift that God has given to us, peace. We will not know peace. But when we accept that gift, when we accept that gift, that fullness of peace for ourselves and allow that peace to change us from the inside out, to, to, to mold us into a new creation, only will we know peace, but then we can live as peacemakers we take that peace with us into the world around us into a world and a community and a nation that so desperately needs to know peace let me pray for you our community team will go ahead and take their places please father we come to you today because you indeed wrapped christmas up in peace and you deliver to us the prince of peace. The one who brings your peace into our lives so that we may take your peace into our neighborhoods, that we may take your peace into our workplaces and our classrooms and into our homes. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be peacemakers and to extend your peace, to be an example, and to show your peace to the world around us. But God, as we come now to our time of communion, we are especially mindful that you sent Jesus also to bring us peace with you. And as we eat and we drink these symbols, these emblems of communion, this bread and this cup, we do so and we remember and reflect the sacrifice of Jesus for us on a cross, his body broken, his blood shed, that we might have peace with you, that we might be reconciled to you, 
that we no longer have to be in, in conflict with you because of our sin. But that sin is now forgiven, and we have peace with God. We celebrate that, we remember that as we partake of these emblems today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.